David. Yeah. If you had, oh, I don't know, say three hundred and fifty dollars to spend. Okay. On Amazon. Oh. As a six-year-old. <laughs> Granted, Amazon did not exist when you were a six-year-old. Okay, but right now I'm channeling six-year-old Dave. But that's not hard for you to channel six-year-old Dave. Well, I'm like thirteen-year-olds right now. That's so. right. That's... Uh, what would you uh, What would you buy? Okay, six-year-old Dave would buy like a bunch of Ninja Turtle stuff, but like the cool toys that I didn't get, like the little bus that shot pizzas and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I would get probably, mostly that stuff. Oh, and some baseball stuff. I loved baseball when I was yeah. six, so little bad stuff. Okay, well, you're you're pretty much in line with uh, a little six-year-old uh, from the great state of Utah. She uh, she ordered a Barbie for her birthday. That makes sense. And her yeah, her mom gave her her phone uh, to check the shipping status right. on the Amazon app. Sure. And apparently she left her daughter unattended for just a minute too long and come to find out a couple days later the uh, Amazon delivery van shows up and delivers $350 worth of Amazon toys. Are you serious? That's right. So she fulfilled every six-year-old's dream of doing a shop till you drop fantasy shopping spree. I couldn't imagine what I would do with this much money as a six-year-old. I think I saved up like $150 to buy a Super Nintendo around that age. Right. <laughs> and then I blew another $50 getting the Home Alone 2 video game, which, <laughs> granted, gave me probably hundreds of hours of enjoyment, but it was such a horrible video game. If it was so horrible and you got so much enjoyment out of it, what does it say about you? I enjoy horrible, terrible things, which is why I love doing this podcast so much. Anyways... So the six-year-old was grounded from the internet for a month. For a month? For a month. A month. Yeah. $350 gets you a month? Yeah, but that's like, what, 10% of her life? <laughs> that's true. I don't know. I don't I'm think not, about that. I'm not very good at math. Yeah, the math wasn't great there. <laughs> but this girl did some pretty quick math herself. She was like, I have a phone. I have access to this Amazon thing. Like, I'm sure she got to the suggestions yeah. part and she was like, yes, I want that. Yes, I want that. Yes, I want that. Yeah. Boom. $350 later, happiest birthday of all time. So I take this as a cautionary tale. I will never leave my kids alone with my phone. There's lots of really bad things they can get into on your phone. But the worst thing of all would be that they go crazy on your Amazon account. That's the worst thing? <laughs> uh, maybe there's other things. But th this story does have a happy ending. Uh, so instead of returning the $350 worth of toys to Amazon, like I think most people probably would, yeah. the family actually donated them to a, a local hospital. Oh, cool. Uh, for kids who, you know, were at the hospital and could use a nice little pick-me-up. So happy ending to, to a very, uh, very funny story. Could have donated them to me. I have kids. I could also use $350, by the way. This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast in the whole internet world of the wide web that is the internet, with two guys talking about sports and other things sometimes. Like Amazon. Amazon. Amazon was a good one. I still, I just, man, I could really use $350 worth of Amazon stuff. Hey, Amazon, if you're listening, we could use $350 worth of stuff. Each. Each, though. I don't want to split it with Anthony. I, I just, I want my own stuff. But, oh, I'm here with Anthony. Hey. I'm David, as always. Um, find us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Again, if you're listening in Anthony's attic, let us know, because that's weird and creepy. It's not safe up there. <laughs> no one's ever come back, according to you. So why are you worried? If someone goes up there, they're not coming down. Why do you care if they go up there? I care about people. Oh, that's nice. You're not worried about yourself? You're worried about the people stuck in your attic? 
Yeah, also, if someone finds a body in my attic, who are they gonna blame? That's a good point. That's hey, the hey David, where can people find us? Oh, you already did that part. I'm really, really bad at this intro stuff. That has been proven the last couple of weeks. <laughs> What's our website? Okay, we're not gonna do that again. <sighs> Subjectivelycorrect.com, please subscribe. Um, we love our subscribers, thank you for rating us. We're having a good time doing this, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. I doubt you do. But we appreciate you enjoying it anyway if you do. But you probably don't. Yeah. Sometimes I don't enjoy it. I don't know how to feel about that. So I was uh, getting ready for a little dinner thing on Sunday. Okay. And uh, I was supposed to be helping with dinner and stuff like that. But every... I uh, had Bluetooth headphones in and I was around the kitchen uh. making noodles and stuff. But every like three minutes or so, I would run to my phone and I would watch Tiger Woods. Hmm. I'm not a big golf fan. Like I don't know most of the golfers out there these days. I just know the big names. But when I heard that Tiger Woods was in contention in the last round of a major, you bet I ran over there every time I heard Tiger Woods on the ninth tee. By the way, why are we whispering? Are those guys like follow them in like a little cart? Like they're in a little van following them to every tee box. And they're like right by the green. Tiger lines up his putt. He can't hear you, dude. You know who else can't hear you? The people watching on TV. David. These millionaires in pants and baseball hats Why needed they? to be absolutely quiet to hit a perfect tee shot. Absolute silence. Now, why? How is it different from a baseball player? Like a pitcher's out there, he's trying to throw a little white ball 100 miles an hour at a little box that's like 45 feet away and people are yelling and screaming. He's not like, keep it down, please. There's not a guy in the, like, next to the dugout with a sign that says, quiet, please. If Serena Williams can return uh, a backhand from, from uh, what's the Russian? The they're, one that, the, the, the Sharapova. Okay, I was going to say, there's... a Sharapova grunt. I just right? want to mention this. There are lots of Russians. I didn't know what you wanted <laughs> that to That Russian athlete. Yeah, that one. The tall blonde one. Drago. Right, exactly. If Serena Williams can have such precision with her backhand after a Sharapova grunt, I think Tiger Woods can hit a five-footer with a little bit of camera noise and some, right? some light chatter. Right, do you remember the stop winding the camera thing? Do you yeah. remember that from a few years back? Oh. Anyway, I'm excited to have Tiger back. Tiger is back. So uh, there have been plenty of articles written about this, but the first thing I thought uh, watching watching golf this weekend was, Wow, there have to be so many people watching compared to previous years. And and I follow uh, Jeff Passan. Passan? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Careful. But he's, he's, a, he's a baseball writer. For, Jeff did what? He's a baseball writer for, for Yahoo Sports. And, and he had this tweet. He said, if Tiger weren't within striking distance, this is a Saturday tweet, I think. If Tiger weren't within striking distance, I wouldn't be watching. He is, and I can't take my eyes off it. And I imagine there are a couple million million others just like me. And as you just heard, I am one of those million. That's right. And and he wasn't that far off with his prediction. So in the final round of the 27 PGA cha- 2017 PGA Championship, there were 4.9 million viewers. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of golf balls that are going to be sold, right? Golf's doing pretty, pretty okay. Uh, 4.9 million in 2017. David? Care to venture a guess as to how many viewers we had in 2018? 8.5 million? Oh my goodness. That's exactly right. And I didn't even look at the show notes. Wow. 3.6 million viewers 
watched this year that did not watch last year. That's a 69%. I didn't do the math, but I'm reading. Someone else did the math. I'm hoping it's right. 69% increase. Um, that's a lot more golf balls that are going to be sold. I just bought a driver. Wasn't really related, but, well, I'm I'm in the market for a driver, and I'm pretty sure I've, I've picked the one I'm going to get. Why haven't we talked about this? I thought we were close. Um... We're close, but we're not, like, golf equipment close. Oh, that kind of hurts. Yeah. Like, if I was going to pick out some wedges, you know, I, I would ask you to come along. If I finalize the purchase, you'll be the seventh or eighth to know. That's messed up. So, ratings, huge ratings. And this is awesome for the game of golf. And everyone's talking about Tiger. And it's so great that Tiger finally won a major again. What? Oh, wait. Actually, Tiger didn't win the major. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you did there. Because no no one's talking about the guy who won. That's right. If you if all you did was, was kind of browse the headlines on golf.com or ESPN's golf page, you would have thought that Tiger's back and he won. His face was everywhere. Yeah. But no, he didn't win. He came in second, a respectable second. In fact, he looks like the Tiger of old in, in many instances. Um he had he his driver wasn't really working for him on the on the uh, on the final day. He had a lot of missed putts on Saturday. He could have won, but he lost by two strokes to golf superstar Brooks Kepka. Who? Brooks Kepka. Okay. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Actually, you are. Actually, no. Yeah, you are. No one knows except Brooks and his mom. Yeah. <laughs> but. Here's the thing. Brooks is sneaky, sneaky good. Well, okay, every ti- every golfer besides Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, and Rory <laughs> McIlroy are sneaky good because they're the only golfers we know about. So every other golfer that wins is like, oh, I've never heard of him. Oh, remember that uh, Molinari, Molinari guy from Italy? Yeah. Yeah, he won and everyone's like, oh, where'd he come from? He's good. Like, he's been in the, on the tour for a long time. You know what I mean? But That's you true. win a major and you're sneaky good. Okay, but he's extra sneaky good. Okay, because you don't, you, we don't really know much about it. Okay, if you watch golf every weekend, you know who he is, right. and you know how good he is. If you're like David or Jeff Passan, sorry, Jeff, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm sure you're listening. Um, or even like me from time to time, where I, you know, I go through cycles of watching golf. And so uh, do I. It's called when Tiger's playing well. <laughs> well, okay. How there's four four majors a year, four major championships a year. Okay. In the last seven... Who decided that, by the way? Um, Why not have more majors? They get all these huge numbers. They're such a big deal. Let's just so, throw a fifth so major in there. Why stop at five? There you go. Yeah. If majors are such a big deal, just start calling every tournament a major. Yeah, but it's like adding games to the schedule and you mess with records and stuff. Oh, yeah, and that won't be beneficial. Just <laughs> like what they did in college football. That hasn't made them a ton of money and more popularity and stuff. Out of the last seven majors... Brooks Kipka has won three. Are we moving on now? Because I was ready to talk more about the college football thing. But okay. We'll get back to that. Maybe. He's won three of seven. David, that's almost half. If my math checks out. Wait, let me run the numbers. Yeah, that is almost half. It's almost half. He's won as many majors as VJ Singh. Heard of him? That's right. Mr. Singh. Billy Casper. Billy... Hale Irwin. What the? Hale Irwin? <laughs> Nick, the price is right. The price is wrong, Bobby. 
Bring the pain, Stuart. Ooh. <laughs> I don't like that one. What? I like his pants. I don't know. That was pretty good. Well, say, sorry, say it again. Pain st- bring the pain, Stuart. Yes, yeah, pain, yeah, pain, yeah, Stuart. Still don't, still don't like it. Okay, whatever. And, uh... I, you don't have one for this? Can I, can I try? You can try. Hey, Jordan, speeth in the wind? I'm speethless. I like that one better. Okay, okay. Jordan, leave you speethless. Only 28 other players in the history of golf, okay? Going back to, like, the 1700s in Scotland or whenever this game was invented. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Scotland. Yeah. Okay. And those are my people, okay? Like, you go back far enough, there's some famous Henderson from Scotland who won a battle and, like, saved some Scottish village or castle from Vikings, and there's a plaque on some castle. So I'm basically, like, Braveheart. Blimey. What? Is that Scottish? <laughs> you made me snot. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so going back in the history of golf, only 28 oh, other golfers. I need a tissue. 28. Only 28 golfers have won more majors than Brooks Kepka. Okay? So he's in the top 30. To He's tied with, like, 15 other people with three majors. He's in the top 50 golfers of all time, if you're counting by major championships. Yeah. Right? Think, think of any other sport. The top 50 greatest baseball players of all time. The top 50 greatest basketball players of all time. If you were talking about basketball players, you'd have a legitimate conversation of David Robinson being the top 50? Yes. What about Charles Barkley? Yes. What about uh, John Havlicek? Yes. He was a white guy from like the 60s. I know who John Havlicek <laughs> is. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that with a name like John Havlicek <laughs> that he'd be white. And he stole a ball once. <laughs> So, <laughs> we're talking about the greatest of the great in these sports, and it's just it's just weird to think about Brooks Kepka that way, because here's why. Because golf has been dominated by, like, 10 players. Yeah, no, it really has. And especially especially just in the, in the national consciousness, right? Like, the casual fan knows who the big NBA players are. They know who the big NFL players are. They know the Aaron Rodgers is, is. They know the Tom Brady's. They know the big superstars, right? The ones that are winning Super Bowls and stuff. I mean, Nick Foles is super famous now. And he won one Super Bowl. Doesn't he have the the second highest selling jersey in the NFL? Oh, I hope that's not true. I think that might be true. Is Colin Kaepernick still number one? Uh, I don't think so. Really? Oh, he was number one for a while. I thought that was that was always I think you actually have to play football to keep that going. Not true. No. (laughs) Like after after he was playing, sales stayed high. Are you checking it now? I'm checking it. Okay. But yeah, Colin Kaepernick's jersey sales were actually went higher when he wasn't playing anymore. People were, were supporting him and stuff. I think that was awesome. But um, the reason Brooks Kepka, why he's not a household name, is because golf isn't a household sport. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be ultra famous. You have to be the Tiger Woodses. And you have to be a young phenom like McElroy and Spieth, those young charismatic players that are winning majors at a very young age. You have to be like that to be known by everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, the guy Molinari won. No one really knew about him and stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's not really... In the national consciousness anymore. Yeah. Okay. I got from NFLshop.com. I don't know what the time frame is. Oh, this is April 1st through June 23rd of this year. That's a small window, but... It's a small it. window. Okay. Who do you think the number one jersey is? Number one jersey. Uh, Tom Brady? Eh. Saquon Barkley. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. I mean, his thighs are huge. <laughs> Which equates to... More jersey sales. More I mean, that's all, I mean, everyone knows that. Yeah. Earl Campbell, best jersey sales of all time. Number two, second most handsome man in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's right. Wait, no, no, no. He's the first handsomest. Uh, I thought... 
No, no, no. Okay, do we have to do this again? No. One, Jimmy no. Garoppolo. One, A, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Three, Tom Brady for reasons we don't ever don't remember. Deshaun Watson's. In. Anyway, keep going. I know I'm distracting you from your very important. Okay, list. so so we get down. Uh, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield. Somehow is number five. Nick Foles is number six. Wow. Crazy. So you have two Eagles quarterbacks in the top six. Who's Nick Foles playing for now? Uh, the Eagles jersey is the one selling. I think he's still on the Eagles. How does? How would that make you feel to win a Super Bowl, and then be replaced? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Okay. No. Okay, so I guess you've never won a Super Bowl, so it's kind of hard to. Anyway, so Brooks Kepka is so compelling that we just went on a tangent about the best-selling NFL jerseys during his segment. Sorry, Brooks, but you know what Brooks isn't sorry about that Tiger's getting all this attention because when Tiger's getting all this attention, it means that people are paying attention. Yeah, it means that 3.6 million more people are watching golf than were last year. It means that his check. The next time he wins a major, because apparently he's just going to keep winning them, because apparently that's all he does. He's won, like, single-digit number of, ma- uh, of, of of PGA events, three of which <laughs> are, are majors. So he's more than happy, I'm sure, that all this attention is being paid to golf, even if it's not to him. I mean, yeah, if I were a golfer and I was performing well and Tiger was, quote, in the hunt, end quote, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, I want Tiger right on my back. I want to hear the Tiger roars because I know people are watching. More people are watching, more sponsors, sponsorships, more people watching me win a major, and then more people forgetting about me and talking about Tiger Woods after that. So, in summary, thank you, Tiger. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for making golf interesting for a, for a couple of days. Thanks for making golf great again. Yeah. Can we say something else? Because um. now we're making space great. We've moved on. We're making space great now. Space Force, more like Space Farce, am I right? That was bad. That was so bad. <laughs> it was really good. So, David, if I were to um, <laughs> if I were to ask your opinion on Nick Saban, yeah. I, what are some adjectives you would use to describe him? Can I defend myself for a second here? Uh, okay. I was a real curmudgeon on last week's show. I think curmudgeon is a perfect word to describe what I was. I, I was like grumpy. I was angry. I needed to take a break. You threw me in the freezer. Why you? I don't know why you have such a big freezer in your garage. I don't know why you're talking about dead bodies in your attic. I'm getting worried. You know what's actually funny is today at work, I got a, a new file cabinet and uh, I said to my secretary, wow, this is big enough for a body. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Luckily, she has a pretty decent sense of humor, so she didn't think I was serious. <laughs> Is that true? Well, the story's true. But your secretary doesn't have a good sense of humor? We'll see. I've, <laughs> I've, I've only been there a year. We'll see if HR calls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A little knock on the door. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Do you want to talk? <laughs> you have any sharp objects? Yeah. Oh, is that a staple remover? Interesting. Can I see that? So Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. Not the most outgoing, charismatic, uh, cuddly he's, he's, figures. He's the Bill Belichick of college football. Mm. I mean, he doesn't look like he's fun to be around at all. And I know Marty Smith from ESPN has done great pieces on Nick Saban and, and have tried to go in more in-depth with him. But the casual observer will look at Nick Saban and think words like prickly, distant, ooh, curmudgeon. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you bring up Bill, Ch- Bill Belichick because there's, there's a story um, that, that recently surfaced, and it may have been out there for a while, but I, I learned about it recently, um, about when he was coaching on the Brown staff 
Bill Belichick was the head coach, um, and he was one of the assistants. And he uh, they they made the playoffs, and he got a bonus check. Who got a bonus check? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Well, the whole staff did, but yeah, Nick Nick Saban. And uh, so it, he, there's a, there's a podcast with uh, Andrew Miller. Is it Andrew Miller? Is that his name? Uh, sorry, James James Andrew Miller. And it's called Origins. So he's the author of, of the Saturday Night Live, like behind the scenes book of the Sports Center behind the scenes book. Oh, okay. I think it's like these guys have all the fun. I think it was the name of the book. So he does but, all the origin stories. So he's like Marvel. <laughs> that's right. And so his the name of his podcast is Origins. And it's it's uh, it's really good. There was um, uh, the first season was about uh, curb your enthusiasm. The Larry David Show, the one of the co-creators of Seinfeld, and uh, then he did a an ESPN uh, series, and now he's it's basically about Nick Saban and about the Alabama program and about how they have so much success. And in one of the episodes, uh, his wife Terry, Nick Saban's wife Terry, was was on. She was being interviewed by by James Miller, and she, she shared a story about the first time they got a bonus check in the NFL. It was like the first time in their marriage where they had a whole lot of money come in at one time. Um, so, David, I mean, you, like me, were, you know, we're, we're a few years removed from school. Um, you know, neither of us is like financially set for life, right? So imagine getting a whole bunch of money all at once. Like, what are some of the things you might do with that? Well, I'd pay off debts. I would take my wife to a nice nice place to eat and stuff. I would buy a really nice car for her to drive around because she's been driving around a clunky van that just gave up on us. But stuff like that. I would take care of like yeah. me and my family. And, and, and the, uh, oh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and, and the Ninja Turtles. Uh, for the kids. Oh, yeah, the Ninja Turtle the van Ninja that Turtles. shoots the pizzas. You can start channeling 10-year-old David, 8-year-old David, 6-year-old David. Oh, my underwear drawer would look very different if that were the case. <laughs> so, yeah, I think any one of us, the first instinct would be well, maybe pay off, maybe pay off some debt, but like, what can I do for me? Like, what yeah. would be fun? I need to. This is a this is a bonus check because I worked hard. How can I reward yeah, myself? Yeah, I earned this. I think yeah. that's what a lot of people's attitudes would be. Okay, and and I, I I don't like to to read just in general or on the podcast, but I do want to read this transcript because I want to get it right. So this this was uh, her talking about this. She said way back when our first NFL job. I want to say we were with the Cleveland Browns, and that, we want the Cleveland Browns aren't that memorable even for the people who work for them. I just want to, that was funny. Sorry, this okay. So keep going, keep going. And we won our first playoff game, which gave us our first huge bonus. Which in our mind, it was a huge bonus. It was probably eight thousand dollars, and it was the first time we got a real chunk of money for winning some big championship. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, pay off the visa bill. Get a baby grand piano, go to the beach. Okay, I'm thinking all these wonderful things we can do with that check. And I'll never forget, Nick came home and he said, I think it's time we did something for your parents. My dad was a coal miner. And of course, everything we had was the Cleveland was the Cleveland Browns. Sweatshirts and coats and hats and jackets. So we arranged to pay off his mortgage on his house. Which, you know, not a lot. But at the time, it seemed like a lot to him. And it was one less thing they would have to worry about on a monthly basis. So we did. We paid off the mortgage. And we got the title to the house. And I stuck it in, in the pocket in the Cleveland Browns jacket. And I'll never forget him opening that jacket and putting it on and tipping his hat and laughing, saying, Man, it's good. I love it. I said, Check your pocket, Dad. And he reached in and saw... The, oh, I could cry. And she started to tear up here. And it, it almost made me tear up listening to it. And I saw the title to the house. 
and he got tears in his eyes and said, Now I can die in peace. I guess because now I'm not going to have to worry about the house. But that's who Nick is, and people don't see that side of him. That wasn't that great. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we have this image of, of Nick Saban. His father-in-law. <laughs> not even his dad. As the curmudgeonly stern old guy, the get-off-my-lawn guy. Um, but then you hear stories like this. And, you know, hopefully next week it doesn't come out that he keeps the ball boy locked in his cellar or something like that. Whoa, that escalated, that escalated quick. I Whoa, just, that's I, a heck of a first scandal. Whoa. I'm just saying. Even Rick, even Rick Pitino kind of eased his way into worse stuff. But you went straight to get in the cellar. I'm just... I'm getting uncomfortable. All I'm saying is, uh, you never know when the next scandal is going to break. Right. Right. But... But it's it's awesome to hear these types of stories, and it made me really want to root for him and root for Alabama, which is not an instinct I, I really have. And um, more, I listen to the podcast, listen to how he kind of coaches the, these kids up, and he teaches them about discipline. and And you think about college coaching, you think about the on the field stuff and all the work they do to be to to excel on the field. Um, but these coaches have such an impact on their players to excel off the field as well. And how they'll excel for the rest of their life. Um, so it's it's really good to hear these kinds of stories, and hopefully hopefully that kind of thing ex- inspires his players to to be good people too, and take care of you know their families, communities. So. Yeah, I think that's a much nicer take than the one I had last week, and I feel like I should just <laughs> we should just end it that way. That was good. My my heart has been filled, and oddly, it was filled by Nick Saban. All right, so now is the segment where we talk about the NCAA and things that we don't understand. Okay. So, buckle up. The NCAA has recently changed some rules, and we're thinking, okay, great. And then I read it and I say, huh? So the NCAA has dropped some new rules. One of them is that um, elite players, and I air quote elite players, from high school entering the pros or college can be represented by an agent. Is this just for a specific sport, or is it in general? I mean, it was reported through basketball. Okay. And I think because basketball is the sport where there's the fastest turnaround from college to pros, right? Mm-hmm. Except for baseball. There's a lot of baseball straight from high school to yeah, the pros and right, stuff, but right. we don't ever talk about that because college baseball isn't really not as big of a sport as college basketball is yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, right? Um, most guys that are ultra-talented go straight from high school to farm systems, right, in, mm. in baseball. But it's mostly it mostly concerns basketball because the NCAA also changed the rule where if you go and um, sign up for the draft, right, you're a college player and you go to be drafted, right, and then you don't get selected, you were just stuck. You lose your NCAA eligibility, right? Yeah, you don't get to go back and play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they changed that. So let's say you declare for the draft, you go and... So I have a, I have a good junior year. Yeah, you have a, you have a good junior year. And you uh, People convince you, no, you're going to be good. You're going to get drafted in the in the top round or whatever. Some agent comes to you and wants to you know help you mm-hmm. and get you some money and get himself some money or herself some money too, right? And you declare for the draft, but then you go undrafted. It used to be that you were just kind of in the wind now. Now you couldn't go back to college and play because you lose your NCAA eligibility because you were being represented by an agent makes you a professional, right? Yeah, right. And you lose your amateur status, right? Um, so everybody but the, quote, amateurs in college sports get paid. But anyway, the athletes are 
amateurs, but everyone else is getting paid like professionals. Anyway, that would like imagine, David, we're the content producers on this podcast. Imagine if we weren't making buku bucks from this, but like only Apple was. What? What? Yeah, that would. Could you imagine if we weren't making gobs of money from this? I love the word gobs. It's a pretty good word. That's all I got from this segment is the word gobs. I'm going to start using it more. Yeah. How much gas did you get? Gobs of gas. How much food did you buy? Gobs of food. Gobload. (laughs) Gobload. What did you say? How much? How much cheese? Yeah. How much cheese did your daughter put on her uh, on her food tonight? How Uh, much Parmesan cheese? A rear load. (laughs) I laughed so hard when you said. And now try try and keep it G-rated around the two-year-old. Right, you have to. So what are what are some words that you say around your kids that are like hiding some of the other words, right? Like, can you think of any right now? Besides a rear load? <laughs> I'm not ready to do baby talk on the podcast yeah. quite okay. yet. I don't feel okay, like a relationship there. with the listener is, okay, is that's quite right. there Okay, yet. okay, so we're, okay. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I like teased something that we didn't actually bring out on the podcast, but we'll maybe we'll come out with funny baby Stay talk. Stay tuned until after the break. I'm still talking. Oh, okay. sorry. Proceed. Man, you should hear his mic checks. They're not great. Just another example of Anthony not being good at this. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm my... the best not good podcaster you've ever seen. It's, I'm like I'll the, no, I'm, I'm the Reno of podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been to Reno, you're laughing right now. <laughs> if you've lived in Vegas, you're laughing right now. I need a take off my glasses and wipe my eyes because there's a tear there now and i'm not crying for reno all right so, so one of the laughing. one of the things about this uh laughing at reno about the the basketball players going going pro is that I, I read that if if the nba changes its rules to allow players to go straight from high school to to the nba because right now the the nba's rule is that they have to be a year removed from high school right, right? they could go overseas they could go to college whatever but they have to be a year removed from high school and so if if the nba changes its rules to allow players to go straight from high school which it looks like they're headed that direction um that these seniors in high school could potentially get agents as well but there's a there's kind of a catch there right so it's not the players who seek out the agents and it's not the agents who seek out the players it's usa basketball who determines which high school seniors are elite enough? Okay, okay. So I want to I want to make sure I understand this before I talk about it. Yeah. Because when you're talking sports, you have to fully understand something before you can comment on that. Like the Braves announcers. <laughs> so <laughs> one. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe we'll get to that later. Maybe. But so I'm a high school basketball player, and I'm really good. Yeah. If USA Basketball, like. The organization that runs the U.S. Olympic team, USA Basketball. That's right, yeah. Like, okay, so if that organization says this is an elite high school basketball player, I am then allowed, per the NCAA rules, to hire an agent to rep me before I go to college or the pros? Correctamundo. Okay, that's odd to me, but okay. But but the alternative, if USA Basketball says, who are you again? We haven't heard of you. We haven't watched your YouTube highlight reel. Yeah. Right? Um, no, you're not elite enough, then you can't apparently hire an agent. 
And and so I guess my question is like, who's in the best position to determine whether these high school players are elite enough to merit uh, an agent, right? Is it USA Basketball? I mean, does USA Basketball have the time and resources, the personnel to go and scout uh, high school players to determine who's elite? And I think I think they did this to take out any like corruption that might happen because NCAA is trying to avoid corruption at all costs especially with basketball Uh, like reference Rick Pitino here but they he looks like he's like a vampire he hasn't aged in years yeah he like aged really poorly all of a sudden and then that stuck yes (laughs) like he plateaued on age that sounds like a very Dracula thing to do like you hit 55 and then coffin no more aging if you were turned into a vampire, like, I hope it would happen to me pretty soon. Like, in your 30s? Yeah. When you're at your physical peak? Right. Well, my physical peak was, like, seven. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you know who that reminds me of? No. Big Al from the Little League World Series. <laughs> my name's Big Al, and I hit dingers. <laughs> I love that kid. I love that kid. Um, if you haven't seen that, Google it. Uh, a little leaguer was introducing himself, and his name was, <laughs> what was his full name? Alfred? Al something Italian. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he his, was, his father definitely works in waste management. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of cousins and uncles. That's right. That pinch his cheeks. <laughs> anyway, he said, uh, hi, my name is, I forgot his first name, but my name is. Al something. Yeah. Albert Al. Yeah, my know. name is Albert, but my friends call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. <laughs> oh, it was great. I'm not doing it justice. Google it. Or Twitter it. Yeah. Twitter would probably find it faster. What was I saying before you interrupted me? I never interrupt you. What are you talking about? I feel like I had a point. Something about basketball and the USA basketball determining who's elite. Ugh, I don't even know. But I was. this is what I was thinking. Like the, the corruption side of it, right? Like if you have college coaches saying, oh yes, that guy's elite and he can come play. Come play for me. Oh. You know what I mean? Vampires. Oh, wait. wait <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Back on track. Like the worst vampire scenario is like you're 80 and get turned into a vampire <laughs> so the rest of eternity you have to like deal with your broken hip and like like it doesn't matter that you're a uh, diamond skinned vampire now or whatever they are my only reference to vampires is the twilight series that's not a great <laughs> reference so uh i mean yeah vampires think think before your bite right that's um, a good point like think about what you're doing to those people Right? I, I think the golden rule applies, even if you're a vampire. Right, that makes sense. Okay. Right? Um, could you, yeah, and my question, and this is very important. You're 80. You have dentures. Mm-hmm. You're bitten by a, va- by a vampire. Oh. Do you get, like, new teeth and new fangs? Or are you stuck with your dentures for eternity? <laughs> could you be, could you imagine being a vampire and all you could do is gum? <laughs> what a... <laughs> <laughs> I want to nibble your neck gently. <laughs> Especially from an 80-year-old person. I want to feebly nibble your neck. <laughs> Accent kind of wavered there at the end. I was giggling. It's hard, to, it's hard to giggle and be a vampire. You try it. Giggle and be a vampire. Go. No. <laughs> I choose not to. All right. I'm in charge of my destiny. I'm the master of my fate. All right. So who is in the best position to determine whether these players are elite? I think we've decided it's vampires. I think so. But I don't think it should be the college coaches and organizations. I think that just gets into too many uncomfortable, like, corruption situations where yeah. you're preying on 
kids because a lot of these kids will be 17, 16, 17 years old when agents come to talk to them and stuff, and that's not Here, something we want. Here's my solution. All of these NBA teams have scouting departments, and they've got plenty of resources. So why not have a game every year, uh, maybe like the McDonald's All-American game, right? That, that the has game the, already in place. And those who – to be invited – so I guess like maybe every NBA team can send out a couple of invitations, right? Oh, okay, so so you're going to expand the game, maybe make it a tournament. Yeah, because because these NBA teams, they whether they admit it or not, they're scouting high school players, right? They're scouting them in high school. They're scouting them in AAU, right? They know who these players are, and so they they are in the best position to know who's elite because they're the most interested, right? They want their their franchises to succeed. Uh, yeah. Uh- in the end, they have the most to gain. That's right. And so why not leave it up to the NBA teams, let them send out invitations, um, and you invite, I don't know, the top 30, have a little tournament. If you're invited, you can hire an agent. That makes sense to me. You get to showcase, you get to sell some money. Um, no, no, don't sell money. You sell- get to sell something and make money. I, I, I failed econ. David, money changers were thrown out of the temple. That's... I'm just going to tell you right now, not a good profession to be in. I definitely don't think this qualifies as a temple. Your body's a temple. Sure, but I'm talking about an organization where Rick Pitino is a regular. (laughs) I don't think that's a temple. Maybe a scary vampire temple. All right, David, I feel feel a little bad. Why? Um, Because every week you come... Ready to record the podcast with, like, ten ideas that are just not good. Ouch. They're just, like, not podcast material. Or it's like, oh, yeah, that tweet's interesting, I guess. But, like, how do we stretch that into a whole segment? Right? That's only, like, half the time. The other half, it's pretty good. Okay. But... What are you trying to accomplish right now? <laughs> I'm trying to build you up, David. <laughs> Not working. I'm trying to be a Nick Saban and make you a man. <laughs> okay. Do you have $8,000 I can have? Uh, I got gobs of bucks coming in from this podcast, David. Okay. But, no, you, you really do have some some good takes, some, some funny things to share, but they just don't always fit into the format that we've kind of designed for this podcast. Okay, I feel a little better now. Yeah. And so... So it's good, just not good enough for you. So I have a present for you. Oh, okay. It's called David's Hot Take Minute. I I like the sound of that. Tell me more. uh, You have one minute to give me your best tweets of the week, your funniest hot takes, your random whatevers. One minute. Cram as many or as few as you want, but this minute's all yours, David. A a minute uninterrupted, just me saying everything. Okay, okay. I'm gonna uh, gonna push start on my phone. It's gonna count down. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. When the uh, when the alarm sounds, time to stop. Okay. All right. We're moving on. All right. I'm ready. On your mark, get set, go. New York Giants running back Jonathan Stewart looked like he farted during a game. Check out the video. It's hilarious, and I think we uh, he has some explaining to do. Jason Wirth said, Super nerds are killing Major League Baseball. Someone tweeted to him, Not any more than a 10 million plus per year Deadpool hitter that bats 220 and strikes out 150 times a year, but that's just me. Ouch. Get some. Barry Bonds, <laughs> Barry Bonds had his number retired. I think that's amazing. The guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. If you take all of his strikeouts and make him uh, home runs and make him strikeouts, he's still one of the best players in baseball history. Um, an Oakland A's outfielder named Ramon L- uh, Laureano threw a ball like 350 feet in the air to, t- uh, t- 
to double a guy up on first base. It's one of the most amazing baseball plays I've ever seen. A brilliant arm. Uh, the best, one of the best Twitter handles in sports is at Man of Steel underscore 15. Steel, S-T-E-A-L. That's Adam Ingles, and he has robbed three home runs in the last week. Living up to your Twitter handle. Big deal. Mike Ryan Ruiz from the Levitard Show um, tweeted this after reading that Saquon Barkley had his leg wrapped. What did they wrap it with? An infield tarp? That's the alarm for the, that's the alarm for David's hot take minute? I'm sorry, this is my morning alarm. (laughs) That's what you wake up to? I'm sorry. Turn that off. And that's been David's Hot Take Minute. Thank you. Presented by Amazon. Can we do that? I think if we speak it into existence, right? I mean, I think that's the only way Amazon's going to sponsor this podcast. I imagine like tomorrow, $350 worth of toys is going to show up at my door. That or a cease and desist letter. Yeah, probably that one. (laughs) You can handle that. Yeah. Okay, David. It's getting close to my favorite time of year. We're only about two and a half months away. Is that it? Yeah, only two and a half months away. Just a sixth of the year. No big deal. The leaves start to change color. Sure. The temperature drops a few degrees. Delicious. Sometimes you can see your breath in the morning. Some dew settles on the grass. You want to snuggle up with a blanket and a hot cup of cocoa. Maybe a, a good book and a loving partner. And watch some NBA basketball. Oh. Woo! That's okay. So, David, yeah. the, the, the NBA released its schedule for the 2018-2019 season. Yeah. And I am ecstatic. Speaking of basketball, have you checked out those basketball cards I so lovingly gave you last week? Yeah, I definitely did that. So, they weren't sitting in the same spot that I saw them last week when I left? Boxes move around and then end up back in the same spot sometimes. In the exact same spot? Sometimes that happens, David. Okay. So here are my top five matchups I'm most excited about for this coming NBA season. Cool. Ready? Yep. Here we go. In order. Lakers at... Okay. Obviously, I'm a Lakers fan. His cat is named Mamba. So I I, I tried really hard and I limited myself to two out of the five games featuring the Lakers. We appreciate your sacrifice. You're welcome. By we, I mean me and our listener. To, To have both good and bad to balance the force the light side and the dark side i have two lakers games and two celtics games which one's the light side Damn. well i know which one's the white side <laughs> okay boston <laughs> game number one lakers at blazers opening night okay i, I everyone's excited to see this new lakers team LeBron's opening night, LeBron's first game with the Lakers. They're playing a longtime rival in the Blazers. Here's the only thing I'm a little bummed about is that they're opening on the road. They're not opening at Staples Center. And I think I, I just ran some quick numbers um, during the break, you know, because I knew the segment was coming up. And roughly half of the teams play their first game on the road. That is quite the statistic, David. Thank you. Uh, I came up with that by myself. I didn't have to look at the uh, look that up at all. Well done. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not surprised the Lakers are opening it away. Half the teams do. Well, hey, I flipped a coin and it came up heads. What are the odds? But fifty fifty. Okay, Anthony. okay. But if you were a Lakers fan, you would be surprised because the Lakers do generally open at home, and you would think LeBron, his first game as a Laker, let's do it at home. In fact, let's give him like an easy opponent. Not someone who was the three seed in the West. 
Do you want to know why they're opening on the road? Why? Because the Kings submitted their schedule first. The Kings have the Staples Center on opening night. The LA Kings, the hockey team, they share a stadium. They share an arena with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Clippers. So, so, so all, all this has to be worked out really far in advance. And the NHL had their schedule ready before the NBA. Take that, Lakers. <laughs> That's funny. So the LA Kings are sticking it to the LA Lakers. Yeah, in a matter of speaking, yes. Sticking it. Either they play hockey oh. with what, Anthony? Skates. Oh. Okay, here's, really? here's my... Th- oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. no. It's not G-rated. I can't say it. Okay, well, okay. I'll save you. So, this makes perfect sense to me. And I'm, I'm, an, I'm an objective observer. I'm not a huge fan of the Lakers or the Blazers. I do love me some LeBron James. Best basketball player ever. Go ahead and at me. I don't even care. At subjectively correct. At subcorrect. Okay, at subcorrect. Tweet me. I don't care. Bring it. At me. But uh, the Lakers are going to be a huge draw no matter where they go. So you go to L.A. and, of course, they're going to sell out the stadium because they sell out the stadium when they're bad. They, I mean, the arena. They sell out the arena when they're bad. So you bring in LeBron, no matter where you go, it's going to be a huge crowd and stuff. So you get other cities involved, too. Opening night in Portland is going to be a huge event now because you're bringing in LeBron James and the Lakers. So not only are you going to get the big L.A. market, but Portland is going to be all over that game. The Northwest is going to be all over that game. You're going to bring in all those Rastafarians that otherwise would just be, like, hanging out on their mom's couch? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was saying. But but no, that that's what I mean. You know yeah. what I mean. So instead of just the Lakers hogging all that that good opening day vibes, like hogging all that for themselves, take it on the road to another city. Because wherever LeBron goes, gets that LeBron bump, man. Everybody yeah, that's goes. no, that's fine. That's fine. But I, I'm excited. I don't, I don't think you think it's fine. It's whatever. It's, that's like when you're fighting with your wife and she says it's fine, and then you know it's not fine. I didn't do anything wrong. No, no, I, I can't just, meet, I can't read minds. Okay, am I a mind reader? Okay, I don't know why this is reminding me of this, but it is my anniversary, and so, sweetie, when you listen to this, I'm thinking about you, and I love you. Happy anniversary. Yeah, well done for recording a podcast on your anniversary. Well, okay, okay, it's Wednesday, right? I worked today, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I was out working until 7 last night, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, all right, and then I already did, we already went on a date. We already see, got gifts. See, see I had the foresight. Everything. To have my anniversary on a Sunday this year, so work wouldn't conflict with it. Uh, I, All right, back to the schedule. So, uh, even though they're opening on the road, I am excited to see how this team comes together at the beginning of the season. I have no doubt that towards the middle, end of the season, they'll have some kinks worked out. Some of the players are going to figure out how to play with LeBron. But it could be an absolute train wreck to start the season, and I'm excited to see. Because here's the thing with this Lakers team. This Lakers team is not built to win a championship this year. Nope. This team is built to be the team that is built to contend for a championship. So they're the team that's going to build the team that is going to win a championship. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. Half the roster this year is not going to be on the team next year. Okay. So it's just going to be a fun season. Let's get as many wins as we can. Let's hopefully make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. Let's make a splash in the playoffs. Let's get these young guys some experience. It all starts... Game one, opening night, Lakers and Blazers. Dude, LeBron plus Kyle Kuzma, they'll make the playoffs, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm huge on Kyle Kuzma. I think he's got a lot of upside, and LeBron's gonna bring a lot, uh, get a lot out of that young team, especially Kyle Kuzma, if you ask me. But you didn't, so huge. President Ooh. Trump, where did you come from? All I saw was President Trump's hands attached to your body. 
It was very uncomfortable. All uh, right, what's game, the next two, game? game two. Game two. 76ers at Celtics, also opening night. Okay, here's why I'm excited for this matchup. The 76ers uh, are the the darlings of the East right now. Trust the process. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> they've, they've wandered through the wilderness for a decade or so, and they finally have some good players. They finally actually did something in the playoffs, uh, and they're really young and exciting, and that, you know, that's awesome for them. But the Celtics were missing Kyrie Irving, er, yeah. Kyrie Irving, and... Earth is still round, Kyrie. I saw NASA put out a video of a spacewalk today. That that Earth looked pretty round to me. Anyway, keep going. And Gordon Hayward. Science, Kyrie. The Celtics were... Galileo knew the Earth was round. The Celtics... Copernicus mm. knew the Earth was round. That was a long time ago, Kyrie. You're Galileo. Galileo. Galileo Figaro. Magnifico. So, you know who's Magnifico is Gordon Hayward. And he nice. Got, yeah. I'm high-fiving you now. That was okay. so good. All right. Oh. And he got to play like uh, 15 minutes. That injury, man. That last, broke my heart. Last season, he, he broke his leg in game one or whatever he did to his leg that looked really gross. Yeah, it done did get broke. Yeah. So... Done did got broke? <laughs> I don't really know. It done did broke. That sounds right. There you go. It done did broke. And so the Celtics were playing with um, like at least two bench players for their entire playoff run. Kyrie was out. So you're adding two all-stars into the number one seed in the East. I don't like the Celtics, but I am interested to see how this team at full strength will do. Uh, year two of Kyrie, it's really year one of Gordon Hayward. You know, they'll get another training camp in. Excited to see what they do. Um, I hope they're good because when the Celtics are good, when the Lakers are good, the NBA is just better. The NBA is more interesting. Yeah, the big market teams make a difference. They really do. Um, so interesting to see see what those two, the two powerhouses of the East, um, how their first matchup goes. And so the next game you have on the list is interesting to me. It's the Celtics and the Jazz. Some people have the Jazz being the second seed, ending the season as the second seed in the West, which is a surprise to a lot of people. If you watch the Jazz regularly, you know Joe Ingles will get in anybody's face and hit a three in your eyeball and play some serious annoying defense. He's from Australia, by the way, so there's that. He's like um, Matthew Delavadova. He's like that kind of Australian, but like taller and a better shooter. So that's interesting. Um, The Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert. He'll throw everything out. But anyway, so they have a lot of good young players, and they play amazing defense. Like, statistically and through all the analytics, the Jazz defense is really good. Like, one of the best of all time good defenses. So that'll be an interesting game because of that. Yeah, they've got a really good coach. So this is a a good matchup. So this is Celtics at Jazz, November 9th. Really good matchup from a player and coaching perspective. Yeah. And uh, so by then, we'll be a few weeks into the NBA season. Uh, hopefully some of the kinks are worked out and we can see some good basketball by then. Because really, just like most sports, like April baseball and the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, everyone's just kind of getting used to the season again. Right, and don't and, and you'll notice the absence of football on, on this week's podcast. I don't want to talk preseason football. I don't want to talk about backup quarterbacks throwing the ball to third string wide receivers that might be cut. I don't want to talk about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Game number four. Raptors at Spurs, January third. Ooh. So you have the Kawhi Leonard returns to San Antonio. The Raptors were the number 
Oh, I'm sorry. Was Boston wasn't the number one seed. They must have been the two seed. It doesn't seed. matter. They all lost to Cleveland and LeBron James. Yeah. So Boston, LeBron James is always the number one seed in the East. He's yeah. the, he's going to be the number one seed in the East this year, and he's playing for LA. Yeah. So I misspoke earlier. Boston was not the number one seed. The Raptors were the number one seed, and the Raptors. LeBron was. <laughs> LeBron ate their lunch. That's true. That's that's a saying, right? That he ate their lunch. I don't know. That sounded not okay. something I say. Okay. The Raptors lost uh, their second, well, probably their best player, DeMar DeRozan, but they upgraded yeah, with Ka- Kawhi. Kyle Lowry is pretty good, yeah. but I would say DeMar is their be- yeah, a better player in today's NBA. But they, they upgraded with Kawhi Leonard, assuming his health checks out. By, by January, we're going to know if he's Kawhi or not. He's been right? fine for months. He just didn't want to play for the Spurs. Yeah. Well, he wants to play for the Lakers, so. I mean, you do what you can. To get out of the Spurs organization, right? Yeah, this is quite a penance to pay to go live in L.A. for a while. Hey, live in Toronto for a year so you can play with LeBron James in the uh, in, in L.A. for a while. I would do that. Yeah. And so it'll be uh, it'll be cool to see what the Raptors look like with an upgrade in Kawhi Leonard. It'll be very interesting to see what the Spurs are like because it's weird to say on a Greg Popovich team, this team has no outside shooting. Their starting five is likely to be Pau Gasol. LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay maybe plays the three, and And DeJounte Murray playing the point. Playing the point. And I I didn't watch a whole lot of Spurs basketball, but my recollection is he's not really the, you know, kind of three point shooting point guard. No, but he's, he's good. He's good. No, he's good. good. No, and all these players are good. Well, yeah. It's just, they're going to have some major spacing issues. It'll be, if anyone can figure out, it's Greg Popovich. So I'm really interested to see what he does because they may return to a, a 90s style of basketball, right? Just kill, more, like we talked last week, just killing you with 15 footers yeah, and getting to the hole. That's right. Like I see a lot of Spurs players getting to the getting to the basket is what I see, especially if Demar, you know, really uh, works on that and gets that going strong with his game. Dejounte Murray can get to the basket whenever he wants to. Then you have Pau Gasol, who's a really skilled big man, is getting kind of old, and the Marcus Aldridge, who's a skilled big man too. That sounds like a lot of around the basket stuff to me. Yeah, and then the last game, Lakers and the Warriors, for obvious reasons, that's going to be interesting to Anthony and to basketball because LeBron James, anytime he plays the Warriors, is going to be interesting. And this is on Christmas Day, so these teams should be uh, hitting their stride. You'll have they'll have been playing together for over two months. Uh, no excuses at this point. You really get to see what the Lakers are going to look like. You get to see if the Warriors are taking this season seriously or not. I think they're going to get up for any game against LeBron. So so hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully none of these games are a blowout either way. Warriors by 25. During the break, Anthony, when we were about ready to hit play again, we were about ready to hit record again, said, okay, time to finish with the GOAT story. And no, I'm not talking about Kobe Bryant. Because he's not the GOAT. So, in, uh, in... LeBron is the GOAT. Okay. In New York, in Brooklyn, there were... T- 20 goats were headed towards a slaughterhouse. So 20 LeBron Jameses were going to a slaughterhouse? No, actual physical bah goats. <laughs> okay. okay. I didn't have it until you went bah. Now I yeah. got it. <laughs> the ones that go bah and they, okay. that eat tin cans. Do they really eat tin cans? Uh, every goat eats tin cans for its birthday. This is a fact. Oh, it's a birthday thing? It's a birthday thing. Because all the, all the cartoon goats were eating tin cans. Uh, we digress. Go ahead. So Billy Goat and his gruff and his 19 cohorts were headed towards a slaughterhouse in New York. What's a gruff? <laughs> it's ask Nick Saban. So apparently these 20 goats broke out of a trailer 
that was attached to a pickup truck that was uh, on its way to uh, to this slaughterhouse, right? And uh, some witnesses saw these ghosts at about 4 a.m. Uh, yesterday morning, and uh, they were outside of a halal market. A what? Halal. Okay. Yeah, halal market in Brooklyn. And the owner, a guy by the name of Ali Ali Saeed, um, said that <laughs> um, the goats were rounded up by a witness uh, and, and brought to his store. And uh, and here's here's this quote: it "said A neighbor came over to me, said I caught your goats. I thought he was joking. I said, oh, all right, thank you. And he said, I'd like a free chicken." <laughs> Now I'll have to give him one. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, of course. If of someone course. brings you goats and asks for a free chicken. I mean, that makes perfect sense. They get a free chicken. Every time my goat gets out and someone brings it back to me, I give that person a chicken. It's, it's just the way it works. It's the unspoken halal code. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. The halal code. So, apparently, Saeed said the driver uh, didn't mention anything to him about the, the escaped goats. Uh, he, in fact, he said, I saw the driver this morning, and he didn't say anything to me. Stupid guy. <laughs> I don't know why he would come here at 4 in the morning when we, were open, when we opened at 8. Um, <laughs> the story keeps getting better. So, another, another witness, Sierran Flanagan... What? Who, uh, yeah, who actually... I think this story has to be fake, but I'm just going to keep going with it. Is this from it. The Onion? <laughs> she, she, Sierran, she, he, sorry, Sierran, I know you're listening, uh, tweeted out a photo of the goats grazing on the side of the road and uh, commented that the driver was asleep. And, quote, the street was covered in goats. The driver was knocked out of sleep. I was banging on the window, but he wasn't waking up. The goats were across the street from their trailer. I called the police. They got him up. But I guess here's here's my, my sad takeaway from this story. Is that these goats were headed toward their slaughter. And as their last meal, they choose grass on the side of the road in Brooklyn. Goats. LeBron James is the goat. This is the checking of the mic. You are so sound, bad at this. You are so bad at this. Sound is coming from my mouth and it's going to the mic. We need to record this one day and put it on the podcast to show people how bad you are at this. Check, check. Ugh. Or the French, check. Stop the recording.